Is the U.S. presidential election primed for a cyber attack? A special report on the threat to America's voting system coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. With the U.S. presidential election just days away, security experts say some type of cyber disruption is a distinct possibility. Security vulnerabilities exist throughout our election system. That's Candace Hoke, who founded and headed the Center for Election Integrity. In the current campaign cycle, hackers have breached voter databases in Illinois and Arizona. Democratic Party computers have been hacked as well, producing reams of documents and emails embarrassing to Hillary Clinton's campaign. U.S. intelligence agencies say the Kremlin is likely behind those attacks. Voting machines most susceptible for hacking are those that don't provide a paper trail that can verify votes. Those paperless machines can be found throughout Georgia, South Carolina, and Louisiana, and in many parts of Pennsylvania, Texas, and a handful of other states. But on Election Day, will Russia or another adversary hack the vote in the United States? Election security experts, including University of Iowa's Douglas Jones, say it's highly unlikely that hackers would reach precinct voting machines to alter ballots on Tuesday, though it's theoretically possible. Laboratory experiments show that many of these machines can be hacked. It's not rocket science. Jones explains why he doubts assailants would not directly attack precinct voting machines. Where an attack from the Internet may be possible, they're indirect. You have to attack the county election office computers first and then install complex attack software there to actually attack the machine and do this months ahead of the election. And the oldest paperless systems don't contain flash memory. Software changes on these old machines require physical access to pull and replace chips. You can't do that from St. Petersburg or Tehran. If not hacking the vote itself, how would a nation-state use cyber to manipulate the election? The answer? A distributed denial-of-service attack. Many experts blame the Russians for the massive DDoS attack on domain name server provider Dyn last month that temporarily shuttered many popular websites. And some experts see the attack on Dyn as a dress rehearsal by the Russians for a similar attack on the U.S. electoral system on Election Day. Hackers could launch a DDoS attack to disrupt use of electronic poll books. Poll books contain lists of registered voters that poll workers check before authorizing a voter to cast a ballot. Here's Candace Hoke. Some of these electronic poll books require an ongoing Internet connection. An Internet hack like we had recently could interrupt that service substantially. We don't know if sufficient contingency planning has occurred that might include, for instance, paper copies of the voter registration database at each voting location where there's any kind of Internet connection that's required. If a DDoS attack disrupts access to electronic poll books and there's no paper backup, voting in effective precincts would come to a halt. Here's Greg Mancusi ungaro he co-authored the just-published e-book titled Cybersecurity Implications of Election 2016. Suddenly the lines outside the voting districts get really, really long, and people decide it's not worth standing in line. They go away. They don't vote. If I pick my counties correctly, I can suppress voter turnout in Republican counties if I'm favoring the Democratic slate or in Democratic counties if I'm favoring the Republican slate. I can create a lot of havoc and chaos. Mancusi Ungaro says that happened unintentionally during the GOP caucuses when ballots ran out. Imagine this on the night of the actual vote, where people are, you know, of their own free will, just going home and saying, I'm not going to vote. I'm not going to wait in this line another hour. 
It's not just electronic poll books that hackers could take aim at disrupting. Another cyber target could be the Associated Press. The AP serves as a clearinghouse of unofficial results from regional election centers and sends them to news organizations. As Ben Buchanan and Michael Solmeyer of the Harvard Kennedy School Belfer Center write in a just-published paper, attackers might manipulate the wire service reports to goad the media into reporting things that will later be undercut or withdrawn. Casting a shadow over the U.S. election system is Russian President Vladimir Putin. U.S. intelligence agencies blame Putin for the cyber attacks on Democratic Party computers, an allegation the Russian leader denies. But the human rights activist, the former world chess champion Garry Kasparov, rejects Putin's denial. Speaking at the same briefing earlier this week as Hoke and Jones, held by the Progress for USA Political Action Committee, Kasparov said Putin would consider rattling the U.S. election and getting Donald Trump elected as president as great achievements. If we imagine when tens of thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands of people in the battleground states will not be able to cast their vote because, because the voter registration database was hacked, that will create enough doubt. And especially now with the WikiLeaks and other Kremlin tools, they can spread even more panic. That will create enough doubt, not only in this country, but around the world, about U.S. elections, about the result of U.S. elections, and will cast great doubts about democracy as an institution itself. If Russia or some other adversary launches a successful cyber attack against the U.S. electoral system, would we know? Or, like many other hacks, would it remain undiscovered by officials? In principle, many attacks can be detected, but in practice, we would probably miss some of them. That's University of Iowa's Doug Jones. In 2012, a shotgun blast of over 2,000 absentee ballot requests came over the Internet in Miami-Dade County. Fortunately, the attack was clumsy. All the requests came from the same Internet address, and the county election office noticed and began an investigation. Had that attack been conducted more carefully by requesting absentee ballots one every five minutes and doing it from a dispersed botnet of request machines instead of all from the same machine, it might not have been detected. Candace Hoke says she doubts many attacks would be detected. She says many local and state jurisdictions lack the security staff or the training to be able to recognize what we call intrusions into their system. My answer to the question of would a hack necessarily be recognized is no. They do not know. That's one of the most significant problems. Election officials tend to believe that they are responsible for the accurate operation of their systems Even if they did discover that there had been some intrusions, there are some concerns that have been discussed privately about would disclosure, and they're under no disclosure requirements, mar their professional reputation. We have a number of impediments to having the transparency that we need on that very point. But the bigger point is what could these potential cyber attacks aimed to manipulate the election results do to our democracy? That threat is exasperated by Trump's repeated declaration that the vote is rigged if he doesn't win. One of America's darkest hours came during Watergate, the scandal that involved manipulating another election. Author Mancusi Ungaro tells of a Nixon administration official who took his children to the White House on the day Richard Nixon resigned. He said to his kids, you notice something? No police, no army. Our president has resigned. In a lot of other countries, it'd be chaos right now. But that's not the way it works in the United States. It's the orderly transition of power that's the envy of the rest of the world. Can third parties create chaos and cause people to call that fundamental aspect of our democracy into question? That's an uncomfortable question to answer. 
You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. The impact of a major data breach at the Australian Red Cross is reverberating throughout that nation. To tell us more, from Sydney, is ISMG Security and Technology Editor, Jeremy Kirk. Australia has seen its largest ever data leak, and it's a doozy. The Red Cross apologized to 550,000 registered blood donors after their personal details and answers to sensitive medical questions were inadvertently posted online by an IT services contractor. Anyone could download it. The most sensitive information in the leak included health questions, such as whether people believe they have engaged in risky sexual behavior, which could exclude them from donating blood. The questionnaire also asks about pregnancy, planned surgeries, travel plans, dental work, piercings, and tattoos. The leak came to light after the person who found it notified Troy Hunt, an Australian data breach expert. He believes the link is likely the most sensitive one that has ever become public in Australia. In terms of, of super sensitive data we've seen leaked in Australia, I'm, I'm struggling to think of one. Uh, I'm sure that it has happened. It may be incidents that we just don't know about. The data consisted of a backup file of a 1.7 gigabyte MySQL database. It was found by an unnamed person who passed it along to Hunt, who notified AusCert, which is one of the country's computer emergency response teams. An investigation found the problem lay with a contractor named Precedent, which specializes in content management systems. The donor information file was mistakenly published on a public-facing web server. That server had directory browsing enabled, which allowed anyone from the public internet to view other files. The person who discovered the backup file had merely scanned IP addresses for servers that returned directory listings. Even worse, the backup file had not been encrypted. It is not believed the leaked data circulated widely, but like any breach, it just takes one copy of it to spread further afield. A team of experts is investigating, and the Red Cross is creating a task force to review its governance and security procedures around its blood donor program. When businesses lose data and dent consumers' confidence, its potential revenue hit, but the impact on the Red Cross could be worse. If fewer people donate blood as a result, it could mean life-threatening situations for patients. So how can companies that employ third-party IT service contractors ensure those contractors don't make mistakes? It's a difficult problem. Hunt says that service contracts between organizations simply can't stop or prevent mistakes. But at the end of the day, third-party vendor has an externally facing web server with directory browsing turned on and someone decides to drop a file on there. Yeah, that's one individual potentially doing something stupid. I'm not sure that these agreements necessarily have a lot of a lot of bearing on stopping that sort of behavior. To its credit, the Red Cross moved quickly to inform the public and held a press conference. It also pledged to notify users. Hunt has since destroyed his copy of the data, and he says the source who passed it to him has destroyed it as well. Now it's hoped that no one else stumbled across the file. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time. Oh,